Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world as we broadcast on the Fringe FM. That's Fringe, F-R-I-N-G-E dot F-M, and the Fringe FM app along with Paranormal Radio app. The Paranormal Radio app you can download for free along with the Fringe FM app. Or you can go into the Secret Teachings Archive at www.thesecretteachings.info and get access to all of the shows after they air. You'll be able to download and stream the shows and listen maybe at a more convenient time if you only get to catch part of the show or if you'd like to re-listen to an episode. It's all on the website. When you subscribe, you get access to all the shows, all the montages, and access to read and to download my digital books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, which includes Black Goo, UFO Cults, and more. Those books are on the website as well. When you buy a book, when you subscribe, it keeps the secret teachings on air, sincerely and truly, five nights a week here on The Fringe FM. We also have a Patreon page looking to build that larger and stronger with a large number of patrons. We only have a handful. I don't promote it a lot, but I'd really appreciate it if you go over to Patreon and you become a member of The Secret Teachings. We provide you with what you want to see, including a lot of behind-the-scenes content. And the last plug is for our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters, water filters for the house, water filters for the kitchen, for your family, for your friends as gifts, for yourself or for the shower. Pro One Water Filters, use the link on the website, thesecretteachings.info. This is the day after Halloween, day after Halloween, and I had a really good Halloween weekend. I think for the first time in a long time, I got to really honestly relax. And I think that's because now with radio becoming my only job, I no longer have a part-time job as I'm preparing to to move across the country. Uh, A lot of weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. And so here on All Saints Day, the day after Halloween, I... uh, I'm feeling loose. I'm feeling. Uh, I'm feeling uh, very uh, energized, and uh, part of that is because I was I was inspired over the weekend. I I uh, had a opportunity uh, 
over the weekend to go to some movies. I haven't been to a movie in, in quite some time. I've gone to the drive-thru or the drive-in, and uh, I had looked at the drive-in, but it was raining out on uh, Saturday night. So I I thought, okay, you know, I can't really... I wanted to make some food and take it to the drive-in, and I thought, okay, it's going to be harder to do that going to a movie. You, you know, you got to sneak the food in. Uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to, you know, avoid, you know, having to, to worry about food and just go enjoy the movie. So I decided to go see the movie Dune. And I thought, and I'm not going to give you any spoilers, I, I honestly thought, and I watched it very late at night, I watched one of the latest showings, so maybe I was... Maybe I was tired, but I thought it was one of not only the better movies that I've I've seen recently, but one of the best movies I think I've ever seen. I thought Dune was superb. It was worth every penny that I spent to go see it. I thought Dune was a tremendous movie, and I felt that it was certainly better for a, a space movie, certainly better than any of the recent Star Wars movies that came out. And the one thing that really got me was the sound. And I had heard, no pun intended, I had heard that the sound for this movie was kind of revolutionary, that it was very new in cinema, uh, very similar to the types of things that George Lucas had to do for Star Wars. And I, I, I appreciate film. I've gone, you know, I went to film school. I love movies. Uh, I love a good story. And Dune is, is all of that. The visuals are incredible. The sound is astounding. It's powerful and loud. It's a really good movie. But before I went to Dune, I, uh, I went to see another movie. And before I even tell you that, I should let you know that if you listen to the Friday show we did called Fraudy and Slips, I think that David Wilcock watched the movie Dune. And I think that's why he's talking about his dreams and being prophetic again. Because, obviously, if you've read the book, Dune, or you watch the movie, dreams and dream interpretation is a big part of it. So I'm taking a guess and saying David Wilcock, you know, he's seen Dune once or twice. But I, <laughs> I, had, a, I had some time to go see two movies. So I, I saw Dune, and I saw the movie Antlers. Now, if you don't know what the movie Antlers is, it was a movie I thought would be, I thought it would be a little bit heavier on the mythology or the legend uh, or the, the folklore of this creature that it, the, the whole movie was based around uh, called a Wendigo. And uh, again, no spoilers, but it, it, was, um, it was an interesting movie. It wasn't really that great. It was, it was subpar, but it was, it was interesting, the concept of the Wendigo and how the Wendigo was, was portrayed in the, in the cinema. For those of you who don't know what a Wendigo is, a Wendigo is a spirit, a wicked spirit that takes possession of man. Or you could say a wicked man who epitomizes this spirit 
and is on a quest to devour, uh, to consume, literally uh, and figuratively, symbolically, uh, the flesh of, of, other, of other men. And the movie itself, again, wasn't that great, but the, the idea, and it's why, it's why I went to see it, because we did a show on the Wendigo, or the Vitico, the Wendigo, uh, a couple of months ago, and I thought, well, you know, the movie came out, so I, I could at least go see it. It would give me reason to talk about something the night after Halloween here on All Saints Day and uh, have it be, you know, topical, kind of spooky. So the movie was about the Wendigo, and it, descri- it described the Wendigo as, as, a, as a diabolical wickedness that devours mankind or that devours an individual man. And, of course, in the movie, it's, it's literally a monster. It's this, you know, this creature, this uh, earthen, it's like a spirit, a spirit of the earth, uh, earthen spirit, um, nature spirit, something to that effect. In the movie, they describe it as a man who succumbed to wickedness through starvation in the forest, and he resulted um, that resulted in he resorted to cannibalism. And the idea was that the, the defiling of the human and the divinity within the human, at least this is how I interpret it, made the man crazed. And this transformed him into this amorphous spirit. And then they described the spirit as being able to take many forms. As we know, evil takes many forms. And the spirit then roams the forest looking for more victims to devour. It's an elusive spirit. And it's eternally starved for victims. And the more that it consumes, the more that it feasts the hungrier that it becomes and the weaker that it becomes, suggesting that those following the path of darkness, those following in a wicked path, they might feel as if they are strong, feel as if they have power, but the more that they conduct themselves in an evil way, the more they desire evil and the weaker they become. So it's, it's metaphoric and... It's not that there are big monstrous creatures like the movie Ritual roaming around in the woods, but um, you know the the idea is that it's it's part of of the human experience. It's part of what makes us human, part animal, part human, and it's that animal part of ourselves that, if not tamed, can turn us into these monstrous beasts. And, you know, the thing is, when you watch a movie like this, kind of like if you watch Slender Man. Slender Man was an atrocious movie. But the story of a couple of girls stabbing another young girl almost to death is very real. And when those two girls were found wandering by police officers, they said they were heading toward a national forest in Wisconsin. 
according to the two girls who stabbed the young Peyton Lutner. This is where Slenderman had his domain and his home. It's interesting because the 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 forest, the woods, it's um you know, people go missing for for num- a number of reasons, any number of reasons. It's not monsters and, you know, portals opening up and most of the time people get lost. People go into the forest to do bad things to other people. Most of the time people just get lost. But there are strange and mysterious stories of people going into the forest, never returning, and strange circumstances surrounding their disappearance and the finding of their remains. And in some cases, they don't die. They don't, um, you know, they, no remains are ever found. They themselves are found. And in a lot of cases, these are just children that go missing. And they typically are very young children. They go missing for a very short period of time, about 72 hours. And then they're found with no harm done, no harm, no foul. And they're usually in good condition enough to be coherent and as if they never disappeared to begin with. So it's interesting. The forest is this magical, mystical place that I've always said, depending on you know what forest it is and where I've, I've been uh, across the country, I just don't feel like I belong in the forest. In the same way that I have a lot of respect for the ocean, having grown up near the ocean, I have a lot of respect for the forest. I don't really feel... Like I belong in the forest, or at least certain parts of the forest, it's the dominion of of uh, other another world, other worlds, or another world, a singular other world. And so, if you look at the forest, it's this place where you know we we can imagine that there are there are this is the domain or the the many domains of of spirits and monsters, of creatures out of fairy tales, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that blends over, blends in and crosses over into the, you know, real life stories of missing children and missing people, stories that seem to defy rational explanation. In the movie Antlers, uh, the Wendigo hunts in the forest and the, the Native American story that this is based on of the First Nations people describes the Wendigo not like a Slender Man character, although it, it hunts in the woods, but it's a cautionary tale, a cautionary tale of human psychology, uh, of madness, of what I would call a social contagion that's able to cultivate delusion and hallucinations about reality. And the more that one succumbs to this hallucination, uh, that succumbs to this madness, the more that they are devoured by this this monster, the more that they assist in the devouring of others. It's kind of like the Joker said in the Christopher Nolan Batman. Madness is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. And the madness pushes us from our base animal power, that raw animal monstrous power, that if it is not controlled, can destroy us and can destroy others. So it's a cautionary tale it's a myth, it's a legend, but it's also a real thing that can manifest. And I think like the golem or an aggregor or a tulpa, like a thought form, I think a lot of these monsters through entertainment in particular are being summoned. I think they're being invoked, at least the ideas of them. And we're going to talk about that tonight 
on the broadcast in greater detail when we come back from break. Grab one of my books on the website. They are discounted all throughout this week. Subscribe to the show. Check us out on Patreon. Grab a water filter from Pro One. rdgable at yahoo.com. The music, White Bat Audio. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere right here on the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support the secret teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in the hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support the secret teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something astounding with you. It's no mistake that Delta equals four numerically, and that with its three sides equals seven, the number of revelations that heralds the apocalypse to build a new kingdom on the ashes of the old. The new kingdom is not firstly God's, though, but a false prophet who will be crowned, the Corona. His kingdom is seven years long, but it's cut in half. Delta means change and authority and conveys a deep meaning in holding the eye of God and his infallible name Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's no mistake 
CG images of SARS-CoV-2 have little triangles or that Delta waves place people into a diseased, unstable state of mind. It's no mistake the biggest global conspiracy is one of depopulation, that its logo is supposedly a triangle, and that Delta extracted from the Norse Volknut means fertility. These are the patterns that we see in the observations that we make on the Secret Teachings Radio, five nights a week broadcasting on the Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us rdgable at yahoo.com. Sublimable translates to a diabolical wickedness that devours mankind. According to legend, during a brutally cold winter, a lost hunter's severe hunger drove him to cannibalism. After feasting on human flesh, he became crazed and transformed into an amorphous spirit that could take many forms and roam the forest for fresh victims. Sensational appetite was never satisfied. <laughs> this is a myth you're talking about. Well, for you, yeah. But a cautionary tale that the indigenous people will believe in. They're elusive. They're known to be eternally starving, but feasting that makes them hungrier and weaker. Those who are unfortunate enough to encounter one can only kill it in its, in its weakened state, and only by extinguishing its beating heart, forcing it to search for another host. But it all makes sense, you see. Our ancestral spirits never died. They were here long before we were, but they here long after we were gone. I'm Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. The Wendigo, a creature of the First Nations folklore, particularly from Algonquin. It's a human transformed into a creature, a very wicked creature that kills and eats its victims. Some might refer to it as a skinwalker. Skinwalker is very, very famous, especially in circles of cryptozoology, although it's not really a cryptid creature. It's a witch that can turn into and possess or disguise itself as an animal or as a human. That is particularly of the Navajo tradition. The Wendigo is known as the Watiko to the Cree, and the Watiko has become a very popular topic on I would say social media and not mainstream, but a lot of podcasts and alternative radio. Researchers and authors have brought the Wetiko up in relationship to uh, so-called mass psychosis that seems to be sweeping the globe. Of course, any time in history, we can find mass psychosis and mass media isn't solely responsible for that psychosis, but the Wendigo is a native legend, and it is a native cautionary tale. And that's how it's described in the movie Antlers that I went to see over the weekend. also went to see the movie Dune, which was a much better movie, a very, very superb movie. Uh, the sound of that movie was, was really incredible. And uh, it Pick me up after I saw Antlers because I Antlers really wasn't that good, but people people probably thought I was like um 
like a journalist or something in the theater because I had my little yellow notepad and I was taking notes down as the movie was was going. And, um, you know, I, I took a couple notes. Like, they, they described this character, this creature, the Wendigo, as a diabolical wickedness that devours mankind. That when man becomes starved, when man is hollow, you could interpret it as, he begins to commit wicked actions. He defiles the sacred. Man resorts to wickedness and, in the legend, cannibalism. And this made him more crazed. Of course, when humans eat other humans, like when cows eat other cows, there is certainly a physical disease, a physical craziness that results, a psychosis that results from the brain that is consumed and the brain that becomes consumed as a result of eating human brains or human tissue, human flesh, muscles, etc. And this transforms the person into this amorphous spirit. And the spirit possesses the body, but the spirit that possesses the body really is a corrupted spirit of the person, of the persona behind the mask that is the body, who has succumbed to uh, wickedness through their own weakness, uh, or they have been tricked into wickedness. And the spirit takes many different forms, and its domain is the forest. And I I was thinking, and I couldn't help but notice, I always bring up the Slender Man attempted murder, and how the little girls, these 12, 13-year-old girls, they were, um, they were wandering the street and they were heading after the stabbing of this girl, Peyton Lutner. They were heading to the, the Nicolette National Forest in Wisconsin and they said that this was the domain of Slenderman. I, I can't help but notice all these movies, all these TV shows about similar creatures and similar characters like there, and, and, and they all relate to, to kids. Kids are the victims. There's the, the Chestnut Man, which is a TV show that came out in 2021. And, and here's the brief synopsis of the Chestnut Man. A figurine made of chestnuts is found at the scene of a grisly murder. From this creepy clue, two detectives hunt for a killer linked to a politician's missing child. So there's a missing kid involved. That first episode just came out. September 2021, so that's a new show, The Chestnut Man. There's another movie called The Empty Man. And The Empty Man is described as this. On the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. The Empty Man film came out in 2020. And then another movie that I came across which came out in uh, 2015, I think, or no, the the movie came out in 2017. I think there was like a a TV show or something, but there was a movie that that came out more recently. It's called The Stick Man. It says in the synopsis, as a child, when Emma was strongly accused of or excuse me, wrongly accused of murdering her sister, she knew the stick man committed the crime. Years later, although she has her demons under control, the stick man returns to wreak havoc. Not only in all three of these cases 
are the main characters or the story that revolves around the main character. They're kids, they're children, but they're all little girls. Chestnut Man, Empty Man, and the Stick Man. And, of course, the Slender Man is about little girls, or at least younger girls. I also can't help but notice that although it's little girls, young girls, young women, in the movies and the TV shows, in real life it seems to be little boys. In early September of 2021, a missing three-year-old boy, Anthony A.J. Elphalak, went missing in Australia. He was reported missing, but then found after three days. He was found just 1,540 feet from his home, but he somehow survived three days in the wilderness. He was three years old. Back in April of 2021, a three-year-old boy went missing for three days and was found alive in a Canadian forest. Three-year-old boy Jude Layton went missing at about the same exact time that Anthony Elphalak went missing around noon. He was found in good condition after being exposed to the elements. In January of 2019, another three-year-old boy went missing. He was found basically in the backyard of the property where he went missing, and he was tangled in vines and thorns. He said that he was taken care of by, quote, a bear. In the case of Jude Layton, not only was he in good condition as well, but he was found about a half a mile from where he was last seen. So in all three cases, we have three three-year-old boys, and all three of these three-year-old boys go missing for three days, and all three of these three-year-old boys who went missing for three days were found almost exactly where they went missing from, and they were all found in good condition. And there's another story from October 9th, just earlier last month, the most recent. A three-year-old boy was missing for three days in Texas, and he was found alive. Apparently, he went chasing a dog into the woods. The dog came back. The boy didn't come back. This is a little three-year-old boy. Survived in the woods for three days. They said he was dehydrated, but they found him, and he was alive and safe, according to reports. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that there's something eerie and something otherworldly at work. I see a pattern. I see a lot of little boys. I see the same age. I see the same pattern of behavior. And I see the same outcomes. I see that there's something strange about these cases and others. And it seems to indicate that there is some force, physical, spiritual, or a combination of both. And perhaps it's very benevolent. But something is at work that is responsible for these patterns. Now those are little boys that have really gone missing in the woods. But when you watch cinema, when you watch TV shows, what you read about and what you see, what you, what you hear, it's usually little girls. In The Chestnut Man, it's a politician's missing, missing child. 
uh, what what you hear about in The Empty Man is a, a, a terrifying supernatural entity, and it relates to a missing girl. And the Stick Man, the Stick Man is basically like the Slender Man. The Stick Man commits the crime, but the girl takes the blame for it. And it's the same exact thing that we see in a lot of movies, uh, a lot of um, TV shows, where children in particular are possessed or they are influenced by these supernatural things, and they are played upon, they are tricked, and they are deceived into doing something that they otherwise wouldn't do, but they're children, they're impressionable, and they're being used. And I can't help but think that that is is symbolic, that is a metaphor for how the current generation of kids, young adults as well, and and maybe even more specifically young adults, how they're being conditioned and trained, not just politically, but through things that don't seem to have a place in, in mainline society, like the number of people that are interested in magic for binding rituals and you know casting spells on political opponents is really disturbing to me. You know, it's it's one thing to get give access to or to to point people in the direction of information and books and knowledge that is empowering. But but anybody who's a student of the occult knows first and foremost you don't study the occult. You don't ask for wisdom so that you can harm other people. That is the antithesis of occultism and occult research. And it's precisely the reason that some groups have attempted to conceal information that otherwise one could argue the general public has a right to, as it's something that should not be concealed. But it's because people take it and use it for these types of purposes. I don't know if you noticed that, but we see that proliferating in our culture, binding politicians and using sigils and talismans to advance political agendas and performing magical rituals and pouring out libations to the dead. This is rampant in our society. It's rampant in our culture. It's rampant in entertainment. And once again, I can't help but think that it, it kind of has something to do with the empty man. I mean, again, here's the synopsis of the empty man. On the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. I think it's kind of real, don't you? The empty man, the stick man, the chestnut man, the slender man, the wendigo, the supernatural wicked spirit that devours mankind, and the more that it feasts on the mind of man, the more that it feasts you watch the movie Antlers on the bodies of men and even young people, the more that it becomes starved, the more that it becomes weak. And the more that it becomes starved and weak, the more that it has to to kill, the more that it has to feast. But every time it does that, it becomes hungrier, it becomes weaker. That is, I would suggest, evil. That is the epitome of evil. If you just do a little bit more, if you just slit the throat of the child, you know, first it's 
first it's kidnap the child. First it's smack the child. You know? Then it's hold the children down while they're raped. Then it's cut their finger off and drink their blood. Then it's, you know, force them to eat feces and watch their their pet be killed. Psychological torture. Then it's slit the kid's throat. It, it, it's it's the, the, the more depraved, the more evil, the more diabolic, the more depraved, the more evil, the more diabolic, the hungrier and the weaker you get, the further away from source that you get. And the only way that the Wendigo can be killed effectively is to have its heart removed and to force the transfer of the wicked spirit into another person. And this is very similar in relationship to demonology, where most demonologists, or at least books that I've read on demonology, seem to suggest that a lot of diabolical spirits, although they can be cast out, often can be transferred, knowingly or unknowingly, through family lines. And so a a form of possessive energy or entity can pass from generation to generation. The souls of of your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren could effectively be sold in a pact with the proverbial devil a generation or more before that child is ever to be born. And that's kind of the, the premise of the movie with, with Paimon. Paimon, the, the demon, uh, the movie Heredity. Uh, and the movie Heredity is a, is, a, is a, I think it's kind of a terrifying movie. And it's, it's, I think it's the same people that did Midsommar, which is a, I also thought was a really good movie. Uh, Heredity is, is really scary. And it's all about the demon Paimon. And um, it's funny, when I watched that movie, um, they, they had the sigil for Paymon in the movie, and uh, the person I watched the movie with, I, I guess I spoiled it, but I said, oh, you know, I like clapped my hands. I was like, oh, that's Paymon, you know, <laughs> and, and, and they said, what are you talking about? It's Paymon. Who's Paymon? Like, we're in the movie theater. And I said, it's the demon Paymon. This is, they just gave it away. And, you know, I just happened to, I knew the sigil because I studied, I studied diabolic symbols <laughs> and sigils. In fact, the, the, the Paymon sigil uh, might actually be in my book, Occult Arcana. I have a whole section on demonology in there. It's uh, available on the website of thesecretteachings.info. But, but they said, why do you got to, you know, ruin the movie like that? How do you, how do you know that? That's so random. How do you know that's the sigil for Paymon? And I, and I, and I thought about that. I thought, well, I mean, I know it because I study it. I'm interested in it. The, the real question is, did the writers of that movie know that before they made the movie? Did they just go online and type in demon symbols and they happened to pull up the exact, you know, sigil? Because there's a lot of fake stuff on the internet. Like, I, I can't help, I keep saying it, but I can't help but think that movies like Heredity or Hereditary, uh, movies like The Ritual... Movies like The Chestnut Man or TV shows like The Chestnut Man, movies like The Stick Man, movies like The Slender Man, or movies like The Empty Man are really about doing what The Empty Man is all about. Uh, these, this ex-cop finds 
a secretive group while looking and hunting down this missing girl. And this secretive group that the cop comes into contact with is attempting to summon a supernatural entity. That's what I can't help but think. When, when I watched Antlers, when I think of the chestnut man, the stick man, the, the, the empty man, the, you know, the slender man, the hollow man, all these different manifestations of evil, all these different forms that the spirit known as the Wendigo can, can, can take, can, can become, can manifest as. Now, for those of you who maybe you've never studied anything of this sort, and um, some of you may have heard of the Wetiko, which is kind of making the rounds in a lot of radio and podcasting. But you'll notice that if you look at some of the depictions, you could just go to any search engine and type in Wendigo, and you'll find this uh, creepy-looking uh, half-deer with... It's got antlers on it, or some some of the times it looks like deer antlers. Uh, sometimes it looks like you know, like the antlers of a moose. But it's um, it's a humanoid creature. It's very spooky, a humanoid creature with antlers, and it's usually very very bony. It's very thin. Uh, it has a skull that is just kind of either protruding through the skin. The skin is really tight around the skull, or it's just the skull itself, or the face of the victim, you know, kind of kind of like the face has literally been removed, like, you know, like the face has been cut off and removed. It's the remnants of, of what was the man before this, this spirit took over. Uh, and the skeleton is just pushing through the skin because... You know, uh, the body is consumed, and it's now taken this this animalistic form. But my, my point is the Wendigo has horns. It has antlers. It has the ears of an animal. It's also said to have terrible breath and a really bad odor. And I don't know if that relates to demonic infestation, where sulfur is smelled, or the abduction by gray aliens, reportedly, where sulfur is likewise smelled. But the Wendigo is, in essence, a nature spirit. It is a spirit of the earth that is a protector of the earth. And when man encroaches too much on the territory of the earth in you know, abusing the planet, pollution, or doing something else that is, that is harmful to himself and others... Those actions could be seen, environmentally speaking, as wicked. And so, you know, although the movie Antlers had this political, environmental kind of a message to it, it was still interesting because it showed you this this creature that comes to life and symbolically, in the movie it's literal, but it symbolically comes out of what used to be a human, what used to be a man, and it becomes this monstrous creature that is set loose into the world. And what, what better metaphor could you use to describe a Tibetan thought form, a tulpa, something that is manifested, something that is thought and brought into existence, and then is sent out into the world? In fact, I just watched that, that uh, episode of The X-Files, one of my favorite episodes um 
where Scully and Mulder go to live in the the neighborhood as a uh, as like a married couple, and they come into contact with the Ubermensch, the the Superman, the the supernatural man, the Uberman, the 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 super uh, golem like creature. And in the, that episode, you know, you learned that um, this guy had learned how to summon the tulpa, but he couldn't control it. So the best thing that he could do, uh, along with his homeowners association, was stay out of the way of this, this monster that, that would kill at will. And if you don't stay out of its way, then you're easily, you know, a victim to this thing. It's very similar. The Wendigo is a little more violent and not so strategic. It's hunting for flesh. It's hunting for something else, another host. It's hunting for something to devour, jumping from one host to another. It's symbolic of thought. It's symbolic of human psychology, the, the animal beast, the monster inside of all of us. And, you know, if you go back and you study the history you studied the mythos of these creatures like the Wendigo, or as some of you might know, and some of you might have seen, there's a, a very famous uh, god named Sir Nunos. Sir Nunos is a Celtic god, and Sir Nunos isn't really written about in, anywhere uh, in, you know, uh, any kind of like um, you know legends or mythology, it, it's a it's a name that has that has been derived from from uh, the ruins of uh, Roman buildings. Uh, it's been uh, uncovered on plaques, and it's the the name varies. It's you know there's the name Cerne or Herne was appropriate, but it became Sir Nunos. Sernunos means, loosely speaking, the horned one. The horned one is the god of nature. And in, in Paleolithic times, the male deity was the god of hunting because the men went out and they hunted for, for animals. They hunted for, for animals, for beasts, for food, for material that could be used as tools, etc. And this is the story of the great green god Osiris in Egypt. One of my favorite myths, Osiris is known as the great hunter. Osiris goes to slay the enemies of Egypt. So it's symbolic, but it's also a literal symbolic story in the sense that the the literal mythology of Osiris is that he is the great hunter, and it can be interpreted as a representation of the Egyptian power structure, the, the Egyptian body politic that you know would conquer its enemies the beasts the monsters but it's also this this mythological symbol that osiris is the great hunter therefore he is associated with with nimrod he is associated with orion the great hunter with the dog canis major so it's astronomical it's astrological it's very scientific but it's also very spiritual and it's very mythological so in Paleolithic times and into today, the male deity is usually seen as the god of hunting. Now, in Wiccanism, this god was known as the lord of the underworld, appropriate considering that Osiris, the green god, or the green man, the green god of the green man, is the lord of the underworld and part of the, the judgment 
in the underworld where you have Anubis as part of the supervisor of the weighing of the heart against the feather in the underworld. And then the name is written in the book of life or death. And you have Thoth there making a notation of, of this. But in the Wiccan uh, tradition, you have the Lord of the underworld and of death. But the Lord of the underworld and of death, Osiris, essentially, the Wiccan probably don't call him Osiris, but he is Osiris. He's also known as the god of life and nature. Osiris is also the god of life and nature because green, the green man, is agriculture. Even as a black god, he is the black god, the black fertile soil. As such, he's the sun. He is fertility. He is growth. He is a cycle of rebirth, etc. He is the horned one, a god of nature. And the horns symbolize divinity. The more horns, the more divine. If you read the book of Revelations, you'll see the the beasts and the lamb and all that with, with the horns. Now, Satan was never described in the Bible as having horns. But the idea of Satan essentially comes from the Christianizing of pagan and Wiccan beliefs. It is the animal, it is the beast, it is the uncontrollable desire that one cannot control, the wickedness in man, the madness that turns one into a Wendigo, into a Wittiko. It was Pope Gregory the Great who had these pagan temples all throughout the world, cleansed, mostly in Europe, cleansed and consecrated before being turned into churches, just like Constantine uh, transformed Christianity into a political tool where it was not accepted in the Roman Empire. The Edict of Milan made it acceptable, and then rather than accepting traditional Christian beliefs, they politicized the Christian doctrine and turned it into a weapon against those very same Christian beliefs. And that continues to this day. Pope Gregory, the the so-called great, did the same thing to pagan temples and altered them in a way that the gods and the goddesses just became, you know, Christian symbols. The gods of nature and the gods of, of, of humanity, if you will, the gods of the, the very essence of what it means to be human, the gods of nature, the gods of hunting, etc., were turned into these, these animalistic, uh, barbaric symbols that uh, prior to that had been worshipped and honored. Prior to that had been Capricorn the goat with the horns, Aries the ram with the horns, Taurus the bull with the horns. These are astrological symbols. Some might know this horned god as Pan, the goat god. Others know this god as Baphomet. This god is also in a human sense, transformed into a, a character known as the horned shaman or the dancing sorcerer. And the horned shaman of the dancing sorcerer is usually holding a snake. And others who hold the snake are Hecate. Hecate is well known for her black dogs and for appearing at the crossroads when one intends to make a deal with the diabolic. And because of these associations and because of the lack of context, the horned one became the devil. And those spirits of nature that protect nature from the trespass of man became, through Christian eyes, these demonic evil figures with horns that are to be feared. The Wendigo, the Wetiko, is part of the mind 
It's something that we can become when we are wicked, when we trespass against nature. There's a whole lot to extract here. And we'll proceed into this further, into the dark depths of the woods, when we come back from break, right here on The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Grab a book. Subscribe to the show. www.thesecretteachings.info There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Lighting the void with the secret teachings of all ages. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books. Available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something very interesting with you. It's no mistake that the CDC began recommending masks in April of 2020 and that people immediately had trouble adapting or breathing just a few weeks before George Floyd died in Minneapolis. After his death, people began chanting, I can't breathe on May 26th. It's no mistake that in June, this man with black skin who had been turned into a god was placed into a golden coffin, a real-life reenactment of the killing of Osiris in Egyptian myth. It's no coincidence the same month that this took place in the Twin Cities, a Twin Summit was taking place with the World Economic Forum, the implications of which we look at on The Secret Teachings. And these are the patterns and observations that we make on the show five nights a week, broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. So are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit others, offer processing slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and allowed to measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. 
what are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and of course, the paranormal. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings. It's a force of all this science knows nothing about. It's a force of fear that is strong enough to shatter the spinal column. We know what it is, what causes it to appear and disappear, we don't know. Guys, you've got to see this. Dom? Phil? how it altered its environment and the way that it looked and how much like its father Loki you only ever saw what it wanted you to see Wendigos are generally said to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected they'll come from you the fear causes tremendous tensions in the body you can't believe those tensions why can't they become strong enough to keep it it's a truly powerful connection between what we do to nature what we do to each other if you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. Wendigos are generally said to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected. His name is Mr. Papaduk. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Papa, papaduk, duk, duk. That's when you'll know that he's around. You'll see him if you look. Papa, papaduk, duk, duk. Found a part of a man in the woods today. Oh, this has got to be an animal, right? This is a myth. Oh, for you, yeah. His peers then mocked him for his ugliness, making his heart become evil and full of rage. Like an Oni, he kidnapped men and women to drink their blood and eat their organs. Papa, papa, duck, duck, duck. See him in your room at night. Mom, does it hurt the boy? Any time you are conscious of an intended sensation, you may obtain immediate relief by screaming. Don't be embarrassed about opening your mouth and letting rip with all you've got. Because the person you see right next to you will probably be screaming too. And remember this, a scream at the right time may save your life. 
was here. The concept of him disappearing on many sources in society and all in his sin. You know, it's odd. I've been in ceremony with this force for years. Never had a name for it. Now I think I call it the tinger. Many people die in fear. How many die in fear? Fear causes tremendous tensions in the body. You can't relieve those tensions. You can't let them come strong enough to kill you. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting five nights a week right here on The Fringe FM. Evil spirits are not always the things that we think can enter our body so much as they are a symbol of the corrupting of our own spirit through wicked deeds. It is through fear and the allowance of ourselves to slip into paranoia and delusion that we become possessed and consumed by these bestile animalistic forces. For some, these spirits are protectors of nature, as is the case with the Wetiko or the Wendigo. For others, the Wetiko or the Wendigo, among other similar spirits, are things that can be summoned and controlled for personal power although those who believe that are quite wrong. The god of nature, the god of horns, or the horned one, has been interpreted to be a spirit of madness, a spirit that consumes man, coming to represent through the Wendigo and numerous other similar entities those things that are diabolic, those things that are evil. But if you actually look at what the Wendigo is, the Wendigo is not so much evil, per se, an evil that is outside of man, at least. It is an evil that is within man. It is a symbol and a cautionary tale that for those who abuse, those who rape and, and take and, and, and torture and traumatize, those who you know, strip away things from other people, take what's not theirs from the planet, from others, even from themselves that abuse themselves. You become consumed. You become wicked and you transform like a skinwalker into one of these monstrous creatures. And when you become transformed into one of these monstrous creatures, it's as if you have this incredible power the more you exercise that power, the weaker you become. The more you need to exercise that power, and the more you become weak in an attempt to exercise that power. As the soul slowly slips away, the monster bursts forth from the body as an idea, as a thing, and it goes on a rampage creating psychological and sometimes physical carnage in its wake. I had a chance to go to the movie this weekend, and I saw two movies. I saw the movie Dune, which was fantastic, and I saw the movie Antlers. I knew about the movie Antlers because I had I'd looked up the Wendigo months and months ago when someone had mentioned to me the Wendigo and asked me if, I had ever heard of it, and if I, you know, if I wanted to, you know, look 
further into it, you know, it might make a really good show. And and I had heard of the Wendigo. Um, a friend of mine mentioned the Watiko to me, which is the Cree, Native Cree, that is, Native American Cree Indian version of the Wendigo. The Wendigo is a First Nations monster or First Nations creature. It's from First Nations folklore, particularly from the Algonquin. It's a creature that manifests from human form, where the human transforms into the creature having become wicked as the human transforms into this monstrous thing, this monstrous entity, the human itself, the soul is lost, and it is a symbol of possession, a symbol of being consumed by that which you have been consumed with. What I mean by that is when you become consumed by an idea, when you become consumed by material, when you become consumed by something, it, it, it ultimately consumes you. And when you are consumed with those things that are evil, that are wicked, you transform into that wickedness and you transfer it to, to other people. In the movie Antlers, the Wendigo was described as a diabolical wickedness that devours mankind. The Wendigo is described by First Nations folklore as a human who transforms into a creature after acting wicked enough to warrant such a transformation, they then kill and eat their victims. Similar to a Navajo skinwalker, a witch that can turn into and possess or disguise themselves as a person or possess a person, uh, disguise themselves as an animal. In Japanese folklore, in Japanese culture and mythology, there's a shapeshifter that has blue skin. It's known as the Oni. It has horns and or it has tusks. And it is birthed when a wicked human being dies or when a human being is wicked when they are alive. There's also a man-eating creature or an evil spirit or a person possessed by the spirit of an animal called the Waikuge. The Waikuge is of the Athabascan people. It's a very similar spirit to the Wendigo. You also have similar spirits, similar entities like the Mar, the Nightmare, the Nightmare, this entity that sits on your chest and brings terror to your dreams. Of course, dreams are the subconscious that manifests into the conscious, and having enough contact with the Mar can lead one to madness. And I think madness is really what this is all about. These evil spirits are not things that are roaming around necessarily looking to enter your body as a walk-in, so much as they are symbols of the corrupting of our own spirit through our wicked deeds. We usually think about the devil or these demonic, diabolic-like entities or spirits or energies as these these creatures that have the, the pitchfork and the, the tail and they have the horns. But see, the horns come from the idea that, uh, you know, in Paleolithic times, man and men had to hunt for food, 
sustenance, for tools, etc. And this became part of the pantheon of gods and goddesses that were expressed expressions of nature and expressed through nature. In Wiccan tradition, the god with horns became the lord of the underworld or the lord of death. But he was also the lord of life and nature, the life of sun and fertility. In the Egyptian mythos, you have Osiris. He is the green god or the green man, but he's also the black god of the fertile soil. He is the great hunter as well because he goes out and slays the enemies of Egypt. He is not a trickster. He is the opposite of the trickster, having been tricked by his brother Set into entering into the golden lapis lazuli and other beautiful uh, metals and gems coffin that was laid out before him at a welcome party, welcome home party after one of his kind of a celebration after one of his great military expeditions. That's the mythology of Osiris and Set, part of it. But in the Wiccan tradition, he's the lord of the underworld. Osiris is the lord of the underworld. He, he judges the dead. He's known as the horned one. The horned one is a loose translation of Sir Nunos, the god of nature. The horns symbolize divinity. And, you know, Satan was never really depicted as having horns in the Bible. Artistic expressions show that. Uh, Satan is an animal, an adversary to the spirit, a, a beast, an uncontrolled desire. And it was really the, 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 the Pope, Gregory, the so-called great, you know, he had these pagan temples cleansed out and consecrated before turning them in, into you know, churches. And along the way, a lot of these gods and goddesses were transformed into either you know, Christian, uh, you know, images, Christian uh, saints, um, and 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 Christian, uh, you know, like, like angels and divinities, or they were turned into demons and 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 evil things that were to be avoided. Uh, the gods of nature, the god of 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 hunting, uh, they were turned into these animalistic devils, and 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 astrology, uh, astrology, astronomy. I'll tie them together. You have Capricorn the goat with the horns, the black billy goat. Aries the ram, Taurus the bull. You have Pan, for which we get the word panic or pandemic. Pandemos means to affect all. Pan or panic is a state of hysteria. It is a state of madness. Of course, Baphomet has been greatly misidentified and misunderstood. It is an androgynous entity, an androgynous spirit, and it represents a unification like the grand Rosicrucian alchemical formulae of opposites. Baphomet is not an evil character, although its wickedness, as some perceive, is really a light that draws the wicked into the dominion of the Most Holy. It is also a deterrent against those who would wish to use or those who would accidentally use sacred information or knowledge for their own benefit, although that is done quite often today. You'll often see Cernanos 
holding a snake and accompanied by dogs and other animals. The goddess Hecate, for example, holds a snake and is accompanied by the black dogs of the crossroads where one goes to make a deal with the unseen. This horned god has also become, uh, become known as uh, uh, the, the horned shaman or the dancing sorcerer. And I have images of those, uh, those characters in my book, Occult Arcana. You can get it on the website at thesecretteachings.info.info. I talk a little bit about Cernonos in the book. Cernonos is also known as Cerne or Herne. And Cernonos isn't really known throughout the writings of, of human uh, 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 mythology. It comes from a single Roman-era inscription found beneath Notre Dame Cathedral in the ruins of an old Roman temple. During the construction of a crypt, a column called the Pillar of Boatmen was found with only a written reference to Cernay. And there was supposedly a depiction there, too, of this, of this character, the Pillar of Boatmen. There was also a plaque found in Luxembourg that has the name Dio Cernunco. It's very, very similar. Cernernos, which is the god of nature, the god of horns, or the horned one, or the horned god. The image of Cernernos is usually a male. That's the hunter. Stag-like with antlers, with a torque and a neck ring and a purse, a little purse full of grain or full of gold, usually seen with dogs, bulls, and or deer, very similar to Hecate. Now, in the movie Antlers, this, this Wendigo entity bursts forth, kind of like the movie Alien, from the, the, the corrupted, wicked human being. So it represents... Unlike the Skinwalker, which is a physical transformation, it represents more like the movie Alien, a physical monster bursting forth from the body, using it as, a, as an incubator. And the more wicked one becomes, the more this monster becomes empowered and the more that it, it, it is likely to leave the body and to go wreak havoc and carnage elsewhere. And then it can be transferred, so on and so forth. And what it really represents is madness. And how madness spreads like a like a social contagion, able to cultivate delusion and hallucinations about reality, and some, as a result, allow themselves to be consumed by this energy, this force, this deity, often consuming others and transferring that madness as ideology, dogma, psychological distress, or violence. Like the Joker said, madness. Is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. It is the base animal power, that raw power of the animal nature. So, do these creatures actually exist? I don't think there's an actual Wendigo wandering around in the woods. I don't think that there's a, there's a Modere from the movie Ritual, which is a Jutun, I don't really think that there's a Norse trickster, you know, the 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 uh, daughter of the Norse trickster god Loki, Modur. I don't think that there's a Modur 
wandering around in the woods. But in the movie The Ritual, this supernatural being represents as a god a symbol of madness and, in particular, hallucinations. See, like Koranazon, that Aleister Crowley was interested in, the lord of hallucinations, the lord of lies, the things that we tell ourselves that aren't true. The more we become wicked, the more that we are consumed by that wickedness, the wickedness eventually bursts forth, and we are transformed, we are shape-shifted, into a monster or we allow for that monster to escape us and go forth to create havoc on others it, and 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 it's trans it transforms and moves about creating uh, you know chaos creating uh destruction uh just spreading evil and that is symbolized by the monster breaking out uh, of the physical body. So this is a diabolical spirit. It is essentially evil. And, and, and these spirits are not so much things that enter our body so much as they are things that come out of the body. These evil spirits are things that we, we manifest, we create. Uh, they are a corrupting of our own spirit through our wicked deeds. The First Nations called it the Windingo. The Cree called it Watiko, specifically Watiko. The Algonquin called it Windingo. The Japanese call it the Oni, the O-N-I. It's a shapeshifter like the Navajo skinwalker, the witch that can turn into an animal or a person. It can disguise itself as an animal or a person. The Oni in Japan has horns and or tusks. It is birthed when a wicked human being dies or when they are alive and have committed horrible, terrible, wicked acts. They are overtaken by this Oni monster. In Native American legend, it is a thinly skinned monster with horns or antlers, like Moder from the movie The Ritual. And you can see its skeleton pushing through the skin. It has characteristics of an animal. It smells really bad. I've never heard it described as smelling like sulfur, but that would be interesting because that would correlate between gray alien UFOs, uh, abductions, I should say, alien abductions, not UFO abductions, but alien abductions, and demonic activity. And there's also the way Chuge, the way Chuge of the Athabascan people, It's a man-eating creature or evil spirit, a person possessed by the spirit of an animal. And, uh, you know, you find other similar characters to these in in TV shows like the Thundercats, Munger, for example, or Necron in the Green Lantern, or the Fear Lords in the Marvel Universe. And you have other characters like the Sandman, Sandman, Tick-Tock, 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 like Father Time, Saturn. Capricorn with the horns. Capricorn or Aries or Taurus, the gods with the horns. The horns represent divinity. They are also the basis for when we say we're horny. Animal desire, base chakra. The Sandman puts his victims to sleep so that he can eat them. And the story of the the Sandman 
like the story of Wendigo, Watiko, etc., etc., etc. These are the devouring spirits of man. They devour mankind. Not necessarily the body, but the mind. And when they've consumed the mind, when one becomes consumed by these, by these spirits, the spirit or your soul is transformed into one of these creatures and your deeds and your actions affect others. And that goes out into the world energetically and literally, not just symbolically or figuratively, literally. And as a thought form, as a tulpa, it transforms others. It cultivates through madness a perpetual madness, a social contagion that is delusion, it is hallucination, it is, it is motor, it is lies, it is the lord of the flies, it is Beelzebub, Beelzebuth, it is a, 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 a demon from hell, it is a monster, it is the Wendigo, the Wetiko, the Oni, the Wei Chuge, it is this, this skinwalker-like entity, and it feeds Constantly, and the more that it feeds, the more that it becomes weaker, the more that it becomes hungry. It is fear. The more we succumb to fear, the worse we feel, the weaker we feel. There's a 1959 movie came out called The Tingler about a Dr. Warren Chapin that finds that a spine-chilling sensation that one gets when they are afraid is actually a physical parasite. And that prolonged exposure to this parasite causes death. Obviously, the movie is a metaphor. This parasite is a metaphor, but the parasite is also a spirit itself. It is, in a, in a sense, real. And this spirit is kind of like a Wendigo. It consumes you. Eventually, the person dies, even if you are physically still alive, the soul dies, the eyes go black, the eyes go white. I'm Ryan Gable, this is The Secret Teachings, Antlers, The Wendigo, tonight's topic. There's a lot more after this. Grab a book, subscribe to the show, support us, www.thesecretteachings.info. Check us out on Patreon, email us, rdgable at yahoo.com. Your support keeps us on air five nights a week, right here on The Fringe FM. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, 
then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support the secret teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in the hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support the secret teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. It's like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is the Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash the secret teachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show, for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions, and uh, I'd be willing to come back at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion. So thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. 
is a force in all of us that science knows nothing about. The force of fear that is strong enough to shatter the spinal column. We know what it is, what causes it to appear and disappear, we don't know. Guys, you've got to see this. Dom? Phil? how it altered its environment and the way that it looked and how much like its father Loki you only ever saw what it wanted you to see Wendigos are generally said to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected they'll come from you the fear causes tremendous tensions in the body you can't believe those tensions so can't they become strong enough to kill you it's a truly powerful connection between what we do to nature what we do to each other if you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. Wendigos are generally said to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected. His name is Mr. Papaduk. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Papa, papaduk, duk, duk. That's when you'll know that he's around. You'll see him if you look. Papa, papaduk, duk, duk. Found a part of a man in the woods today. Oh, this has got to be an animal, right? Excuse me, this is a myth. Oh, for you, yeah. His peers then mocked him for his ugliness, making his heart become evil and full of rage. Like an Oni, he kidnapped men and women to drink their blood and eat their organs. Papa, papa, duck, duck, duck. See him in your room at night. Mom, does it hurt the boy? Any time you are conscious of any tingling sensation, you may obtain immediate relief by screaming. Don't be embarrassed about opening your mouth and letting rip with all you've got. Because the person in the seat right next to you will probably be screaming too. And remember this, a scream at the right time may save your life. As the monster symbolically bursts forth from the body, as a thought form, it spreads to cultivate more suffering and death. Known as the Wendigo, Watiko, Oni, Wetsuge, etc., it is also simply fear. And the more that one is afraid, the more wicked one is, the more hungry and the weaker one becomes. Numerous television shows, movies, and real-life stories have utilized this concept. From the new movie Antlers, about the Wendigo, to the Chestnut Man, to the Slender Man, to the Stick Man, to the Empty Man, children seem to be at the center of this evil. Others try to wrongly believe that they can summon that power, something that results in their demise. In The Empty Man, a little girl is missing, 
missing girl results in an ex-cop coming across a secretive group attempting to summon a supernatural entity. Although the empty man, the stick man, the chestnut man, the slender man, and antlers, and even the ritual with motor are supernatural crime, thriller, science fiction-like TV shows and movies, in real life, something similar is happening. Just recently, October 9th, 2021, a three-year-old boy vanished in Texas. He was gone for about three days, about 72 hours, before he was found very close to where he went missing. Keep that in mind, a three-year-old missing for three days, found very close to where he went missing. The same exact thing happened in September of 2021. About a month prior to this three-year-old boy, Christopher Ramirez, going missing in Texas. Anthony Elphalak, a three-year-old boy, went missing in Australia. He was found just over 1,500 feet from his home. He had been missing for three days. Back in April of 2021, a three-year-old boy went missing also for three days. Jude Layton was then found very close to where he went missing from. And back in January of 2019, Casey Hathaway went missing from a backyard and was then later found three days later, not in the backyard, but behind the backyard in a tangled mess of vines and thorns, claiming that a bear had taken care of him. These are three-year-old kids, and they somehow were able to survive in Australia, in Texas, in the Carolinas, and in Canada. That's pretty interesting. Christopher Ramirez, if you want to look the story up, three-year-old that went missing for three days in Texas. Anthony Elphalak, a three-year-old who went missing for three days in Australia. Jude Layton, a three-year-old who went missing for three days in Canada. And Casey Hathaway, a three-year-old who went missing for three days in North Carolina. It's usually little boys. They seem to go missing often in the woods. They seem to disappear at a very high rate. And they seem to reappear as if nothing had happened, as if they had slipped into another dimension, a portal or something of the sort. Little boys seem to be the victims of whatever this paranormal or supernatural phenomena is. In the movies and the TV shows, perhaps it's because children are vulnerable, and perhaps it's because we perceive that young girls, little girls, are even more vulnerable, that they are at the center of a lot of these movies and stories. Or could it just be the curiosity of the female, as in the case of Pandora's Box, for why they are willing to venture more so than boys, perhaps, into the domain of Slenderman, just like the two girls who attempted to kill Peyton Lutner were found traveling to the Nicolette National Forest in Wisconsin by police looking for Slenderman's lair. Obviously, boys are just as interested in such things, but girls have a, have a, a curiosity 
perhaps more than boys do, a dangerous curiosity. But that's part of the nature of the male and female, and you're not really allowed to talk about that anymore, although we will absolutely talk about that here on The Secret Teachings. You think about evil spirits. These evil spirits, they're not always something that just comes into the body. They're they're, they're things that are symbols of the corrupting of our own spirit, our own soul. Through wicked deeds. That's why people that do really evil things continue to do evil things, and they continue to do more and more evil things until they have completely sabotaged themselves, their soul. They've become the, the very thing that they perform, the evil action. Through fear and the allowance of ourselves to slip into paranoia and delusion, we become possessed and consumed by the beast, depicted with antlers and horns. For some, that beast is a protector of nature, while for others, it is something that can be summoned and controlled for personal power. As the human becomes wicked, he is transformed like a skinwalker into that beast. When that thought form is well-formed, it breaks forth from the body, and it spreads to cultivate more suffering and death. Call it the Wendigo, call it the Wetiko, call it the Wekuja, or the Wechugya, not sure how to fully and accurately pronounce it, of the Athobascan people, the Wechuge. The Wechuge is a man-eating creature or evil spirit, a person possessed by the spirit of an animal. So you have the animal nature, the, the antlers, you have the, the horns, and we often associate that with the devil. That's because of the Christianizing of paganism, Wiccanism. But notice something... Um, I want to notice, just think about this. Remember back in 2018 that you had this weird clothing line that came out from Celine Dion. And Celine Dion was very mad in the video about, um, you know, little boys having penises and little girls having, you know, vaginas. So she sprinkled some black dust on them and she said, These are not really your children. You know, she sounded like the Terminator. These are not really your kids. These are not really your children. They belong to me. Some weird, bizarre, ritualistic video she did. She, she, she literally sounded like that. She said, these are not your children. And then everything becomes black and white. The nursery becomes black and white. And then she's a victim for being attacked by the security guards in the video. It's very strange. But in the... In the in the in the advertisement in the promotion for this, you learned that the the name of this clothing line is called Nunanu, Nunanu. And I couldn't help but think when I first heard that of the Celtic god Cernanos. Cernanos, it, it, almost like the clothing line was part of an incantation. Nernanu, Nunanu, Nunanu, Cernanus, Cernanus, Cernanus. And it's not just the similarity in the name. It's the fact that when you look at some of the clothes, they're hypersexualized. So you're going to get fertility. You're going to get sex. Cernanus is a god of fertility and sex, like Pan. Baphomet, 
you get promiscuity, so it's more of a of an open whatever you know you want kind of sexuality. And in one of the pictures, one of the promos, there's a little girl. It's a really disturbing image. Little girl who's kind of dressed like she's in pajamas or maybe she's being kept in, uh, you know, some basement kidnapped by some clown or something. And she's got antlers on her head. And the Vigilant Citizen website points this out. This girl with antlers on her head, it's kind of like a pseudo-satanic image. And some of these other uh this one's disturbing with the baby, where the baby's outfit is just devil horns uh, or masks for children, uh, turning them into animals or little girls clothing with handprints all over them. That's probably Joe Biden's handprint. Um, part of the uh, promotion uh, on the Instagram account for the children's clothing, they have the black billy goat, Capricorn, uh, the missing heads of children, and the mirror, uh, the eyeball, the skull. I, this is, on top of that, they also have the, uh, the multiple personalities depicted. I mean, all of this is, is mind control. All of this is psychological programming, unconscious and subconscious programming. This is about sex and sex slavery. This is about abuse, trauma, torture. It's about control. And the fact that Celine Dion's plus Celine means the moon, the moon goddess, Celine's clothing line, Nunanu, and how it relates to Cernanu's, and how in the clothing line uh, images you have a little girl dressed in antlers, which is Cernanu. And, uh, you know, if you watch the movie The Ritual, you have this Norse god uh, or, or kind of a half, half-breed half god known as Motor, who's a Juntun, and he forces a whole village, or I think it's a she. I think it's technically a she. It's the daughter of, of Loki. She forces a, a small village in uh, Sweden to worship her in exchange for immortality. The belief that if you give yourself to this spirit, this diabolical spirit. You do anything for, for immortality. You, you drink the black liquid, the black oil elixir of life, the technological elixir. You'll obtain immortality, but all you obtain is temporary physical immortality and temporary but more extended, perhaps infinite, spiritual death. And when you do this, you become more and more like the Wendigo, more and more like the monster, more and more like the deer, more and more like this, this animal spirit, this, this animal nature that takes possession of you. And it's, it's not a spirit from outside coming in. It's you transforming into the monster, the monster, the idea, bursting forth from your body like the movie Alien and going out into the world to cause more chaos, more havoc, more destruction, more suffering. And the more suffering it creates, the more that it feasts on its victims, the more that it desires food, the more that it desires another victim. This is, this is the, 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 the issue with taking the easy path and doing what's easy. The more you do it, the more you want leisure, the more easy you want it to be, and the weaker you get in the process. That is evil. You could define that simply as you know, just laziness. But 
the only way to defeat this thing is to remove the heart of it. Remove the issue at the heart. Remove, or at the you know at the center, uh, you, you or transfer it to another host. You have to get rid of the idea, uh, address the problems that resulted in this monstrous form taking shape. When you look at you know these characters, these entities like Cernanos, I mean they come from the idea that you know Paleolithic man was a man who was hunting. And so their gods were hunting gods like Osiris and Nimrod and, and uh, Orion, the, the great hunter. The lord of the underworld and of death, the Wiccan god of life and nature, of the sun and fertility. This god was also Osiris. He is Cernanos, the horned one, the god of nature. And the horns represent divinity as opposed to the diabolic. The diabolic later took on these characteristics with the antlers and the horns, the animal, beastile, uncontrolled desires that one must overcome in order to obtain enlightenment. And when the church Christianized paganism and Wiccanism, it cleansed and consecrated both the temples under Pope Gregory the Great and the ideas, cleansed them and whitewashed them and turned them into things that were more, you know, acceptable theological dogma. I mean, even even today, today is All Saints Day. Tomorrow is All Souls Day. But these were practices, uh, you know, beliefs, traditions that ancient and near-ancient people have had. And man has probably had for, for so long we don't have record of it. And the church Christianized Halloween, Christianized All Saints Day and All Souls Day, when Halloween is basically a remembrance of the dead, it's the day of the dead. It's the Hungry Ghost Festival, where we remember, we honor these these spirits, and we, we wear the costumes to welcome and to ward off evil. We have the jack-o'-lanterns to welcome, to, to provide a guiding light, to welcome ancestors, but also to ward off evil, coldness, darkness. You know, and, and people wore the antlers and the animal heads, and this isn't evil. This was Wiccanism, paganism, connecting with the earth, connecting with nature, but it became evil. It became a symbol of, of, of the diabolic through improper classification and through intentional, uh, intentional context, uh, contextual, say, intentional contextual uh, distortion so that when one becomes evil, they are always to be depicted with the horns. They are always to be represented by the horns, although... In some cultures, the horned shaman was a, a benevolent and, and helpful character, uh, otherwise known as the dancing sorcerer. They, they hold the snake, the serpent, the wisdom, uh, prudence, uh, just like Hecate holds the snake. Hecate has the dogs, the black dogs of the crossroads. And when, and when you look at this character, it's usually male, it's stag-like, it has antlers, it has a torque, it has a, a neck ring and a purse. The purse has gold coins, and that purse can often be used as, as, a, as a symbol, as a totem, as a talisman, as a protective barrier against the influence of this, of this force known as the Wendigo or the Wetiko. Uh, it's, an, in a sense, an offering to this creature, this character, this, this entity. That ultimately represents the 
the coming of madness that spreads like a contagion or a social contagion that, that cultivates more delusion, more hallucinations, more destruction, more chaos, more violence. People allow themselves to be consumed by certain things that when they become consumed, they assist in the consuming of others. It's, it's like seeing the, the evil and some working for the evil, the monsters, the aliens in the blindfold movie Bird Box. Some work with evil to help bring others to evil. And after being consumed by this and after consuming others, uh, the, you, know, you, you transfer that madness. It, it goes out, it bursts forth from the body like a thought form, a tulpa, an egregore, and it goes out and it corrupts others. It can, you know, ideology, dogma, psychological distress, violence, etc. And people that are weak already, people that are weak-minded, weak-willed, people that have been abused, they have been through trauma, they are the victims more so of these evil feelings, these evil thoughts, because they are so down, so run over, so, uh, you know, stretched out and flattened that they feel as if they have nowhere to turn to, so they turn to the dark side, which promises to feel that void, to fill that void, to, 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 to provide them with, a, with an actual feeling uh, so that they can feel again. So that there's, but it's all an illusion. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's, it's Tietzkitlipoka. It's, it's nonsense. It's an illusion. It's false. It's the left-hand path. It provides you with nothing but suffering. And the more you consume, the more you have to consume. And the more you consume, the more you have to consume, the more you have to consume. And the more you consume and the more you have to consume, the weaker you get until you are completely consumed and you look back and you have done nothing but cause harm and wreak havoc on others. It is the epitome of evil. It is chaos. These creatures are called man-eaters. They, they kill humans. They transform humans into monsters. The Wendigo, the skinwalker of the Navajo, the Oni of the Japanese, the Weichuge of the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Athobascan people. It's a person possessed by a spirit or a spirit that enters the body. Or, in essence, it's really just a symbol of the corrupting of our own spirit and our own soul by wicked deeds. And I think sometimes it goes beyond that because when I see antlers, when I see chestnut man, when I see stick man, when I see slender man, when I see the empty man, you see all these movies and TV shows and it's like little kids that are missing, missing girls, missing, missing boys in real life. You know, just the story recently, the missing kid in Texas, three years old, that found after three days in the woods, the missing kid in North Carolina, missing kid in Canada, missing kid in Australia, all three years old, all missing for three days, all found pretty much right where they where they went missing. There's a real paranormal and, and, and metaphysical element to that. In the movies and TV shows, it's there. It's usually little girls that go missing, and probably because little girls we see is more vulnerable even than little boys. So it plays on the subconscious. But I also think like the empty man, an ex-cop finds in the empty man that there's a group trying to summon these supernatural entities. And I think that's what's happening. I think whether it's Celine Dion's clothing line Nunanu, like Cernanos, or it's the movies like Stickman, Chestnut Man, Slender Man, Antlers. It can be a warning, sure, but I think it can also be an incantation. It's a welcoming mat. It's a message to bring 
motor into existence, to bring the Wendigo into existence. And just like in the X-Files, Mulder and Scully pretend to be married and go to the suburbs to try to figure out this murder. They run into a golem-like creature, a tulpa, that can be manifested, but it cannot be controlled. You think that it gives you power, but it leads to your demise. And ultimately, it is the very thing that kills you, you learn in that episode. This is more about psychology and more about fear than it is about real-life physical monsters with horns. But that's what it represents. It represents a paranoia, hallucinations, a delusion, a madness that if not checked, like our emotions, can lead us to being transformed like a skinwalker, transformed into these monstrous creatures, into a wendigo. That is my warning. That is my analysis. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us tonight. Please go to the website, grab a water filter through Pro One Water Filters. The link is on the slider bar at the top of the page. Grab one of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, or The Technological Elixir. All of those books are available in softcover and PDF. When you subscribe to the show, you get access to all of those books in digital form to read and download. You get access to all the shows and all the montages, including the ones that you heard tonight. You can download and stream those. If you have any questions, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com, rdgable at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, and on Patreon for behind-the-scenes content. The music tonight by White Bat Audio. That's White Bat Audio on YouTube. White Bat Audio on YouTube. And we also have a little bit of music from Secession Studios as well. We did another show a couple months ago about the Wendigo. Fear is in the eye of the beholder. That show is in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. That's thesecretteachings.info. It's back in July, July 1st of 2021. I did another show, actually, on, I believe it was the 28th of June, called Fear and Square. And those are two shows we've done on the Wendigo, a similar topic to tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us whenever and wherever you're listening around the world. Please grab a book. Please subscribe. Support this show. If you want to hear more, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay safe. Stay informed. Stay healthy. Don't be afraid. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.